Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your senior editor of the AV Club, John Tatey, and we're back with another edition of Mom on Pop. It's the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, opines on all sorts of pop culture. Mom, welcome back to your show. Thank you. Uh, now, you know, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I always think I'm going to hear this, do, 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 you know, the beginning the of music. the, uh, <laughs> the idea. Yeah, I lay that in or, afterward, yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just us. Just yeah, us and our lonely, <laughs> quiet phone call. <laughs> I, know. I know. We got a lot to talk about today. First, you wanted to uh, ask the listeners about words we don't like. Tell me what this is. I did. Well, you know, it occurred to me the other day that somebody on television said one of my words that I really don't like to hear, and I thought, well, that would be an interesting list to compile, Mm -hmm. and um, there's really no rhyme or reason to the list. It's just words that I just don't really like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think we've all got them. So can you give us some example? What was the word that you heard on TV? The word I heard on TV was probe. (laughs) Okay. And, you know, the word itself isn't so bad. It's just that it immediately makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, was it, it was it said in an uncomfortable setting? No, no, it wasn't. But my stomach sort of bunched up, and I thought, well, what is that all about? You know, you survived the Mars probe, and you lived to tell it. So, you know, what is it? It's just a word that that just just affects me. Well, nobody wants to be probed. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people don't like to be probed. Maybe it just it gives you the sense that you are about to be probed, and that's not a great feeling. Maybe. I don't know. I have two more. Okay. Puke. I hate that word. <laughs> I hate that word. And it, it always makes me laugh because Anna had a, a Japanese friend that, that loved the sound of that, and if she ever had a dog, would have named it that. That's right. That's right. Anna had a Japanese exchange student living... Uh, uh, at her house for a while on that. Uh, I forget what her name was, but yeah, she thought puke was an adorable name for a pet. Me, not so much. And the last word is flaccid. Flaccid. Wow. Well, now these all have bodily implications. I have to say all the words that you picked, right? Oh, they do. I didn't even notice that. You're right. They all could apply to, I mean, there's an invasion and ejection and uh, a disappointment is basically the... A disappointment, right. Yeah. But, you know, you could have flaccid skin. That's true. That's true. You could have flaccid skin around your flaccid penis. <laughs> oh, God. Take that little laugh out, will you? So, you? Well, you know, I just wanted to tell you because flaccid has been on my list for a very very long time and i think it's a very sad word i just think it sounds sad it means something sad i think it's a great word because it really sounds i mean it just has that deflating sound i think it's an excellent word you know if it was a person i would cross the street if it was walking towards i just don't like it Did, did you think of any word I thought of a couple of words, although I came at it a little different angle from, from you did, uh, from the way you did. I One of mine is not really a word, I guess, but it's meh. You know that? Oh, uh-huh. M-E-H. But uh, you're just tired of that. 
I guess, I guess so. I don't know that I ever really liked it in the first place, though. It does say quite a bit, though. Well, I just. But I, 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 I will allow that. You'll allow that, okay? You'll accept that. It's just it sort of grates on me as this. Yeah, I guess it's this popularized expression of apathy, and I think it it's depressing to me. Well, how about? It is what it is. How about that one? That yeah, one should be well, shot. Huh? That's a, All right, so that's a phrase. That's a phrase. That's for phrases you don't like. We'll do that next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my other one, this one just makes me uncomfortable because I never feel like I'm saying it the right way, and that's pecan or pecan or... Uh, I never feel like I have a hold on that one. And I know how silly that is because pecan, I think, is perfectly correct, but it doesn't feel right to me. Well, I think you just need to take a stand with that and, and, and get comfortable with it because I guess you're trying to make sure you say it the way the person you're saying it to wants mm, to hear it. Maybe, yeah. I'm too much of a pleaser when I'm saying the word pecan. Right. <laughs> you should see someone about that. <laughs> I just want people to enjoy themselves when I say the words of various nuts. And how often does that come up? Well, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. A long time ago... Anna asked me how I say the word O-F-T-E-N. Oh, now she and I have had conversations about this, too. And for the life of me, I have never settled on one or the other because I, I never did ask her what she really wanted me to say. Well, I'll tell you what she wants to say because she gets on me about it sometimes. I say often. Uh, so do I. Which I think is maybe not the quote-unquote right way to say it. I think it's an acceptable way to say it, but maybe not the preferred way. And she says often without the T. I'd be interested to hear how the, how the listeners come down on that, because I don't know. Often or often? You know, we could solve this by looking up the word. Okay, I'll look it up right now. I'm going to look it up on the dictionary.com. Let's see if they have the definitive. There's two very uh, similar pronunciations, and then there's often. So it is acceptable, yes. All right. Well, then, when you get done with this, could you say to Anna, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Yeah. That definitely makes for harmonious marital life. It does. It's <laughs> hey, I'll tell her myself. You know what? It's another one like that is uh, Caribbean and Caribbean. And I always remember that because um, Dick Clark, whenever that word would oh. come up on uh, Pyramid, he would always, you know, Dick Clark had these things that he'd always get into, you know, these stories that he'd always tell in certain situations. Yeah. And one of them was whenever the word Caribbean or Caribbean came up, he would get, complain about people, send them, how people send him letters every time he says that on the air wow. because people would write in and say, no, it's pronounced this way or no, it's, I'm sure he got like two letters but it became a thing that he could say, you know? He was very sensitive to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very funny. Can you that's imagine sending funny. Dick Clark a, a letter about the way he pronounces Caribbean? Those well, were the what days. what kind of person does that, do you think? Well, you know what I would have done? How, you know how I would have handled that? How? Uh, I would have turned off the TV. <laughs> you would have turned off Dick Clark? Come on. Well, really. I mean, why would you be so upset about uh, the way somebody pronounces something? Well, we'll ask the l- listeners in the comments to uh, share their words that they don't like to hear and why. And uh, we-, we can talk about some of them on the next podcast. How's that? That would be great. I-, I really am interested in that. I am. So in the comments on the AV Club, or you can tweet 
mom at moxie, N-H, M-O-X-I-E-N-H, and tell her the words that you just don't like to hear for no good reason, really, right? Right, just cause. Hey, we need to pick a winder, winner to our, uh, let me start that again, a winder. Let's look out the <laughs> winder and uh, see who won our little contest here. <laughs> So we had a contest where people uh, were supposed to tweet a photo of themselves listening to the podcast and eating their favorite snack, and we had quite a few entries. We did. Sorry, I'm a little silly. It's all right. (laughs) Yes, we did. Um, So we had a bunch of entries. Uh, Now, who were some of your favorite snacks that you you saw? My very favorite was Dots. Dots and who had those? Uh, Jessica Pats. Jessica Pats, that's right. She had the dots, uh, and I was partial to Collie West, who was eating a chocolate sprinkled donut. Right, you are a, a donut aficionado. I am, but you know, but I would also like to say, I really liked um, Derek's Derek Sanskrit's raisinettes too. You like movie candy, it seems, is what you like. Dots and raisinettes. I like candy. Well, yeah, but these are both classic cinema candies. Oh, they are. Yeah, right? But I also I also would like to send a t-shirt to Hank. Hank, my college roommate who also entered? Yes, and shall I tell him why? Yeah. Well, when Hank left college to go to his first job, Donnie was still at school, and the company that he went to work for sent him... I don't... Does he know this story? I don't know. Sent him a beautiful basket of snacks and... Um, it was just beautifully wrapped. And when I went to see Johnny, he said, do you want this? And I said, sure. And I took it home and I ate everything in his gift box. (laughs) Now I should mention that I had permission to give this away. (laughs) I didn't just, you know, throw away Hank's uh, Microsoft gift box. He, he gave me permission to pass it along to you. Well, it was delicious. And I don't think I ever thanked him for it better late than never thank you and what kind of t-shirt are you going to send him uh live free or die great and is there and some, also yeah. and also a box of malted milk balls from the grand state candy store oh those are good those are good those are very good um now before we pick a winner to our contest tell the folks what the prizes are and i'll put a picture um, up on the on the uh, post on the av club too okay it's a live free or die T-shirt. Okay. There are Super Mario. I don't know what they are. They're like sort of like a Lego thing. I think they're like Lego things, and also a Simpsons one. Oh, and, okay. Mm-hmm. A Halloween pumpkin made of maple sugar candy, made in New Hampshire. Oh, good, because you know I hate that Vermont. I hate when I'm in New Hampshire and all I got is the Vermont maple syrup and Vermont maple sugar. That drives me crazy, as you know. I know. I guess I don't need to tell you that. I know. That's why I bought New Hampshire. And malted milk balls from Granite State Candy. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's something else. Well, that's quite a prize package. I thought it was pretty good. I would like to get it. Yeah, definitely. I wish I could win, but I can't. And uh, right now I'm going to pick a winner. So I've loaded all the uh, Twitter entrants. Boy, there's a lot of them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have a lot of entrants. And right now I'm going to click the randomizer button to see who our winner is. Are you ready for this, Ma? I'm ready. This is exciting. I wish I was sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put a drum roll in uh, afterwards. So pretend you're hearing a drum roll right now. okay? Okay. 
And the winner is... Holly West with the chocolate sprinkled donut. Oh, this one's rigged. Yeah, no. Holly <laughs> West. I plugged them into the random.org randomizer, and Holly West came up first. So congratulations, Holly. Uh, Yay! We will get in touch with you via Twitter to get your address information and whatnot. Well done. Wonderful. That's very exciting. Thank you for listening. I- yeah, thank you to everybody that entered, and, and we're going to do this again because I have more T-shirts. Okay, okay. So we'll have a new contest on the next, uh, on the next podcast. Love it. So I understand you have a question for me. I do have a question for okay, you. Okay, go ahead. Um, I was watching Match Game specifically this week, mm-hmm. old Match Game, and it occurred to me how interesting it might be for the families of the contestants to see these old game shows mm-hmm. and to hear the, the expectations that these contestants had for the future. Oh, yeah, very interesting. Give me an example. Well, there was a woman that came on, and she said, um, we're full-time teachers, and we're buying a farm, and we'd like to become full-time farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, or the people that come on and say... Um, I, I'd like to be an actress. I'm, you know, I'm studying to be an actress, you know, who I don't recognize. Right. Right. Those are the saddest to me. Like the farm one, I feel like if you didn't end up, I, I bet they did end up becoming full-time farmers, right? I feel like once you've gotten to that point, you're going to follow through. But the actor and actress ones always make me sad because, yes. Do they really? Of course, they're people you never hear from again. And I just... I don't feel sorry for them because I think, you know, they, they, they put it out there, you know, I'd like to be an actress and they gave it their best, but obviously not everybody can be an actress or an actor. Everybody doesn't really have that talent. Right, right. I'll tell you what, it makes me sad in the same way we talked about in the last podcast that sometimes uh, talking about or seeing uh, child stars makes me a little sad because I just feel like, well, this is the top. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, an, right. I'm an aspiring actor. Maybe that appearance on Match Game was the most famous, the most prominent gig they ever got, oh, you know, which yeah, makes me a little yeah. sad. And you can tell sometimes there are people, uh, like I was watching one night a couple months ago, and there was this uh, guy about, you know, in his 50s. He re- clearly viewed himself as a real cut-up and uh, was just doing shtick whenever he could. Uh, yeah. And you could tell Gene was starting to get a little irritated with him, but he was just, he's going to make the most of this match yeah. game appearance. And I just don't know that, I mean, I've, there are uh, actors who appeared on game shows, uh, like who? Uh, the uh, Breaking Bad guy, for example. What is what is his name? Uh, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Thank you. Aaron Paul was on The Price is Right. Kirstie Alley was on The Match Game. Kirstie Alley was on The Match Game. That's a good one. Uh, Jenny Jones was on Press Your Luck, the talk show host. Right, right. But so it does happen. But most of the time, these people were never heard from again. And it just makes me sad that appearing on this silly game show, not that I don't love game shows, but I, you know, that that's the tops for people. It makes me a little sad. Yeah. But maybe they go on to have lesser careers in acting that are very fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you need to be an actor to be happy in life. In fact, quite the opposite for often. Or a star. Yeah. You know, not everybody needs to be the star. You're right. You're right. 
So I come on, let's go with my way. Your way is is absolutely right. I shouldn't be feeling it's condescending of me to be feeling sorry for these people. I'm sure they all went on to live fulfilling lives, or maybe they walked out of the studio and got hit by a bus. You don't know. Let's go with that. That's even happier. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's have a laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. But yeah, so, so you're saying it would be interesting for the families to go back and see what they saw, what these contestants saw as the future at the time. Yes. Many yes. of the contestants are deceased by now, I would imagine. I would think so. But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fascinating for you to turn on the TV and see, you know, your grandfather or your grandmother on a, on a game show like that? I think that would be very exciting. I think it would be cool. It must happen once in a while. I would think so. I mean, a lot of people on these game shows. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they would struggle to. There's so many people that come through them. People, I think that right. viewers don't know that it's it's a lot of work to get these contestants. Do you remember the uh, show One Versus One Hundred? Yeah, was on a few years ago. Now that yes. was a bear. That was a legendary bear for casting, just because they had so many people they had to get on there. That's yeah. that's a big challenge. I can I can see that, but if they would bring back something like the match game and not screw it up like they did Family Feud, then I would like that. You know, I have to say, I was watching some Steve Harvey Family Feud the other day, and I kind of got into it. I we watch it, we we watch it. It's just that there's too much. Um, right, there's too many questions where the correct answer is penis. Right. Is what penis? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I haven't heard that word in a long time, <laughs> since the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just too. There's no cleverness. To yeah, it. I think it's often too raunchy, but I have to say, I think Steve Harvey's really good. He does an excellent job. He's really grown on me. Yes, yes. At first, he was like, "Oh, get over yourself." That's what I felt like. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, just too much vamping, really. Yeah. At the beginning. Vamping. But, oh, I have to write that word down. That's a good word. Okay. That's a word you like. I do like that word. Well, we've okay. perhaps we've been uh, vamping a bit too much. We should get to oh. our pop culture discussion. Okay. So first, we've got to talk about Mulaney. It, this is a new sitcom on Fox Sundays at 9.30, 8.30 Central. And uh, Mom, tell us about Mulaney. This is a show that Dad and I couldn't wait to see. And we turned it on. We watched the whole thing. We didn't say one word to each other. And when it was over, we looked at each other and he said, Daddy said, well, I'll give it another try. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's how I felt after watching the first one, too. I did, did not. You watch this? I did watch the second one. I did watch the second one. I made it to the end of the first one. I, I don't recall laughing um, nope. during the first one. But he's so sweet. And... And he's been so funny before that I decided to give it another chance. And after watching the second episode, I will be retiring uh, from Mulaney. I'm handing in my Mulaney card. <laughs> I, uh, I respect your intestinal fortitude for making it all the way through the second one. Because we gave it 10 minutes and oh, really? that's it. We're old. We do not have time to waste on this. It's, it has so much potential. Well, and why were you excited about it in the first place? Did you know about John Mulaney? Yeah. How did you know about him? 
Um, well, you know, Dad listens in the shower. He listens every morning to comedians. Oh, he does. I didn't know that. Every morning, yeah. That's fun. That's a nice way to start the day. Or in it Dad's, is a nice way. Yeah, in Dad's case, to punctuate the middle of the day. <laughs> you better take that out or you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, and he is, John Mulaney is very sweet. Um, now, I'm not sure how to say this right. For me, it's a shtick that goes flat quickly. Okay. Well, why don't you, on that note, why don't you tell people what the setup of the show is and what we're looking at here? Well, I don't even remember. I, ju I just, I, I know, let me just say this other thing. I so love Nassim, is that her name? Na yeah, Nassim Pedrad. Pedrad. I, I just love her. I think she is just so very talented, and they just didn't give her anything good to say. No, they didn't. They, I totally agree. I was excited to have her on this show. Uh, I was glad, speaking of uh, peak of their career, I was glad that she was, you know, getting a career beyond SNL, which I also right. feel maybe never really used her to her fullest potential because uh, she was so funny. But uh, yeah, I was that was maybe the biggest disappointment for me is she really had that was, so yeah. little to work with. Uh, and I think she she gave it her all. I think she did her very best. Yeah. But when the jokes, what, the whole theme of it was like sex-related jokes. Uh, yeah, and pregnancy and childbirth, being grossed out by childbirth jokes, a lot right. of that. You know, okay, make a joke, but move on. Have, there was just no substance. There was no nothing. Yeah, so she's a roommate with these other two comedians, one of whom is Mulaney and one of uh, uh, whom is called Motif. And uh, they live together in this New York apartment. It's a little bit of a Seinfeld-ish setup. Uh, he's got the wacky across-the-hall neighbor, and he works for Martin Short, a uh, egotistical game show host. And Martin Short, I think, is the is the highlight of the show. Agreed. Yeah, he uh, he gets something out of it. Uh, but I'll tell you, I was worried from the get-go because. Uh, in the in the first episode, Mulaney uh, starts with this stand-up, right? He does stand-up in front of right. the set. He does this routine about uh, walking toward the subway, right? And late at night, he's walking down the hall toward the subway, and there's this woman in front of him, and right. she starts to pick up her pace, so he does too, and this whole elaborate tale that he tells. And I, I've heard this routine a thousand times before. I heard it, I think, six or seven years ago in uh in like a brooklyn coffee shop like before he was anything i heard him at this indie comedy show and i heard this routine and it's hilarious wow. i never got tired of it and this seeing it on tv the way he delivered it and the way it was edited together on tv is the worst performance i've ever seen of it it's just all the life was drained out of it and i think that's a microcosm of the whole show is Mulaney clearly has this this great comic energy, the sort of off kilter but not wacky uh, comic energy, sort of right. low key and off kilter, and it is not well served by this format. I don't think. Well, I think unfortunately that you you find that out the hard way because there's no reason it shouldn't work. It just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It was very disappointing to me because there's so few half hour comedies on that that are really funny yeah 
Now, my colleague Eric Adams was also excited about this because it's a multi-camera sitcom. You know, the, that distinction between the multi-camera and the yeah. single camera. So, And he's a real advocate of the multi-camera format. He still thinks it has some life in it. I sort of disagree. I, I'm fine to see it fade away. How do, how do you feel about that? Do you want to see these sort of this traditional sitcom format? Does that matter to you? Uh... That does. That really doesn't matter to me. But uh, but do you think that that is why the the energy is is sapped out of this, or do you think it's the writing? What do you think? I personally think it's a big reason why. I think the writing. I think the writing follows the format. I think the writing okay. is this uh, very staid, multi-camera style. I think this show was trying to do something different with the multi-camera format and ends up just being consumed by it. The format wins. Yeah. See, that is a, that's an aspect that I would never be able to tease out and identify. But you notice the laugh track, right? Oh, yeah. Which is overbearing. Really? You, you just feel like you feel manipulated. Yeah, it, it was very disappointing to me, too. Do you think it's going to go the distance? Well, what do you think it needs to do to turn itself around? Uh, I think it needs to relax a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, get, on some, get on some real good subject matter. Is it, is it set in New York? It is, yes. And, and let me tell you, there's no funnier city. Yeah, right? There's no funnier city. I mean, didn't I used to love to get on the subway? And just watch the people. I do, I do remember that. Yeah. Mom would come to visit New York and she'd, uh, she wouldn't even really want to engage in con- conversation on the subway because she'd just be spellbound by the uh, spectacle of New York. And it's true. When you don't live there and encounter it all at once, uh, right. it can be very amusing. I mean, I know, I remember when the mariachi band got on the subway and started playing. You never looked up from your telephone. You, you, you raised your eyes as they stepped in, and you said, Ugh, and you went back to playing your game, and I was just mesmerized. Here's this, this three-piece mariachi band playing on the subway. Yeah. Well, that's what they... <laughs> That's what they count on, you know? They count on the the people who live in New York not giving a crap and the tourists just being delighted by it, which, not that you were a tourist, per se, but... Uh, touristy. Touristy, yeah. So you think Mulaney yeah. needs to relax? Mulaney needs to incorporate more of the natural energy of New York, like of maybe New 30 York. Rock did? Yes. Right? Yes. But Martin Short is a winner. Martin Short, wow. Wow. I'm going to tell you, I saw, I saw Martin Short in, I don't know what, Three Amigos, and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's very entertaining, but for a while there, I thought the only thing he could do was his imitation of Catherine Hepburn, and, <laughs> and uh, I know there's one other one that he does all the time, It's very funny, you know, but yeah. uh, I think he is just so perfect in this show, I, I love him, I just love him. Yeah, he's great, because he can work with these hokey lines you know and he can work with an obvious setup which Mulaney deals with a lot that fits his persona I think I think that was a smart casting choice that's right that's right it's not as good a fit on anyone else in the show well maybe John Mulaney could go to the west coast for business and everybody else could carry on the show (laughs) (laughs) 
course, they'd have to change the name, but that's okay. Oh, poor Mulaney. I have so much affection for him. I just want his show to be great, you know? I know. I know what that's like. I really do. But I'm sorry. This is life. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mulaney was a writer on SNL for a while, most famously for the Stefan shorts on Weekend Update, which you love, right? Yeah, used to. Used to, and uh, Stefan returned to SNL recently, and that's our other topic today. Uh, Saturday Night Live, the new season, how do you feel about it so far? We stopped watching it. Be- because of the new season? It just isn't funny anymore. Ah, but you watched the Bill Hader episode, right? I sure did. And did you laugh? You better believe it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one, right? It was a good one. It was a good one. But, you know, we watched the first one with, uh, was it Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt, yeah, who you and I are both also fond of. And, you know, they just didn't give him anything. Yeah, the Chris Pratt, I saw a lot of people raving about the Chris Pratt episode, but I, uh, yeah, it, it just felt as lifeless as, as ever to me. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a, a period where you watched SNL and every week or almost every week you were leaving satisfied? And excited. Well, I know there's a lot of talk about this. I have to say that maybe because it was very new, the idea was very new, when it was very first on with, with Dan Aykroyd and mm-hmm. Chevy Chase, and although I, Chevy Chase was only on for a year, isn't that right? About a year and a half, yeah. And, you know, that crew, John Belushi, it was, uh, it seemed very very new and it was very funny so you were into it from the beginning then yes okay and what about the phil hartman uh era um i don't remember that specifically okay i know i love phil hartman adam sandler a little later than adam sandler david spade yeah i think we've we touched on it all all the way through and i think there's certainly parts of it that are very funny but it isn't consistent by any means. No, it's not. And I think there have been low points and there have been high points. I also think it's, you know, the joke about SNL is SNL was best whenever you were 15 years old, right? And that might be the truth. That might just be the truth. I, I think it's one of those shows, you know, Bill Hader uh, came on and it was so nice to watch this episode. So nice to have him back. Uh, so funny to see his Stefan and all the other characters he did. Uh but then I thought, you know, there were plenty of times during the Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig era, so a recent era, that I watched an episode and it was just a stinker all along. But you yeah. don't you don't remember the stinkers. You know, that doesn't right. really stick with you. So our memory sort of involuntarily creates this best of reel in our heads, right? Right. So whenever yeah. someone does come back, the thing you always say is, oh, the show was great then. I think that's true. But if you think back, aside from the beginning, there's not really a time where, at the moment, you were thinking, this is great. Right. Okay. That's right. I I think that's a very good summation. I did love seeing Bill Hader on here. Yeah. Now, tell me what you like about him. He's just a natural. He's funny. He has a lot of good characters that Mm -hmm. he does. and um, Amazing voice. Oh, his voice is, is crazy good. You met him at a Christmas party once, didn't you? Did I? Yeah. Hmm. I don't recall that. All right. A Christmas party. Yeah, in New York. Wow. I don't remember that at all. Oh, maybe you were lying. That was during my heady daily show days, you know. There were celebrities coming (laughs) and going. 
<laughs> who did you know personally? Yeah. Who did you not? All right. Do you want to talk about uh, Bill on the show? Oh, well, first, let's also say uh, they did a nice tribute to Jan Hooks. Boy, that, that got me. What a yeah. beautiful, and to have her with Phil Hartman, uh, who we've talked about this on the show, in fact, still makes me yeah. sad. Yes. Yeah, that uh, Love is But a Dream uh, sketch they did. Really, a, a very simple and sweet. Uh, it's funny, but it's not like ha-ha, joke-joke funny. It's right. just uh, sort of atmospherically and emotionally amusing, but such a beautiful segment. And, God, two people, two, I would say, utility players, right? Oh, people who could oh, do... Oh, no. No? Phil Hartman? Well, I guess that's not really the right term. I think it's, I guess what I mean is these are people who could be in the spotlight or they could be the glue that holds yes. a, a, a sketch together. That's what I mean. I don't yes. need to diminish either of them. No, I know you don't. I, I thought it was a very nice tribute because I thought what they were going to do was show pieces of her doing her different characters. Yeah, yeah. And somehow that's just not quite right. No, I, it, I, for a tribute, so I thought this was just just right. Well, it was very humane, wasn't it? And that's the kind of comedian she was. She didn't really have a lot of famous characters, but she could play this um, spellbindingly human presence, I guess. Right. She just seemed like yeah. a person on the stage. Yeah. So tell me your favorite parts of the uh, SNL episode. The puppet workshop. Oh, Yes. <laughs> This just cracks me up. Yeah, I love that. I love that. They did this with um, Seth MacFarlane. When Seth MacFarlane hosted, this is the first time this uh, sketch came up. And Bill Hader plays this grizzled veteran, right? <laughs> grizzled isn't even the word for it. <laughs> That's, no, it's not. I love it because it's little puppets. Everybody hates puppets. Right. All right. I know everybody doesn't hate puppets. I hate puppets. <laughs> And, they're, yeah, they're just so insipid. And they've come to this workshop, and two other people have made their their puppets. And uh, there's the instructor, and he's getting them to work with their puppets. And um, <laughs> everybody's sort of lighthearted and has a silly voice. And <laughs> Bill Hader's puppet... <laughs> Is this like depressed, angry, yeah. a mess of a puppet? And uh, the instructor says to him, "You know, let's tell a joke." And and Bill Hader, Hader's puppet says, "Okay, here's a joke. God." <laughs> that was the best line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just not used to seeing this one. TV. No, and it's it's the combination again of this war veteran and this puppet is brilliant. I have to say another thing I like about the sketch is that the dorky quote unquote normal characters are also very funny. Like, yes, they're in both times they've done this sketch. The uh, supporting characters are funny in themselves when it would have been so easy to just have it be set up, set up, crazy puppet. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. The whole the whole scene is is really perfect i think i was glad to see stefan on weekend update but i think i'm over stefan 
Yeah, I can understand that. It's uh, It doesn't change very much, does it? Well, it doesn't. And, you know, you you reached the stage a long time before I did, but uh, he can't keep laughing at himself. Well... I mean, that's the, that's the joke, and that's the crowd-pleasing aspect of it, I guess. Well, it's not the joke, but that's become the joke. Uh, and, yeah, I have never... I just... I get tired of that really quickly. It's just too easy. I, I enjoyed it for a long time, but I, I just don't You're anymore. with me now. What do you think of the current uh, Weekend Update anchors, Colin Jost and mm-hmm. Michael Che? <laughs> Did you hear that? That was a big raspberry. <laughs> Do you miss Cecily Strong? No. Okay. I don't either. I, I think that Cecily Strong is very talented, but I don't think that was the right... She was always pushing too hard in that role. But when they got rid of her and kept Colin, I thought, hmm... I'm not sure that really? Cecily Strong was really the... the yeah, she it, was not the problem. Right, right. <laughs> not leaving him there. No, she, she was not the problem. And, and you know, that was that was such a... Uh, that was a well-oiled uh, sketch, and it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Now, I had my problems with Seth Meyers. I thought that Seth Meyers would too often go into ain't I a stinker mode when there was a uh, when there was a guest coming on. You know, he would oh. he would be a little too cutesy for me. I think that the I don't think he played a very good straight man, which hmm. is what that that particular role requires but he was an excellent weekend update anchor my favorite is still norm mcdonald oh my god yeah he'll always be the king to me long gone yeah i know from from snl who i i i did like seth myers but you're right norm mcdonald was very good i always felt like he was pissing somebody off behind the camera now <laughs> well he was oh he was well, I mean, he certainly pissed off uh, NBC executive Don Olmeyer. And is that why he was fired? Basically, yeah. Oh. Well, I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, I like that too. Uh, you know, Dennis Miller, I also like a lot. I think he's underrated because that era of the show is not very fondly remembered. But Dennis yeah. Miller was a very funny Weekend Update anchor. Conceptual, kind of like uh, Norm MacDonald was. Yeah, I don't think he was as much fun. No, he wasn't. I think he was more intellectual. Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually impressive that it's been so good for so long, because then you had, um, who did you have? Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey, were those the first, that was the first duo? Mm. And then it was uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, and then it was Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers, and then it was just Seth. I think that's how it went. That makes sense. That's a good stretch. That is a good stretch. So I guess we're in for a long stretch of crap now. <laughs> you don't like Michael Che either? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I just don't. I'm sorry. All right. So it's time to give your grades, Ma. What grave? Uh, what grave? I may have, uh, may have been a little foreshadowing there. <laughs> what grave do you don't give? Don't try to, to influence me. <laughs> uh, for Mulaney. Because I have a small glimmer of hope I'm going to give it a D. Okay. Okay. A D with pity attached. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And for a grave D. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And for SNL season 1000. Oh, for the whole season? For season 40 thus far, yes. 
C. I'll give it a C. C? Okay. I have a little more hope there. Well, yeah, because SNL has been on the tank before. and That's right. It has always been thus, up and down. I do like hearing Daryl Hammond doing the announcing. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's say that for a minute. You know, Don Pardo has passed on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of negative about Daryl Hammond taking over. Oh, was and there? There was. There was some scuttlebutt on uh, the Internet about it. And basically, the response was, get over it. Yeah. This is who's here now. Well, that's one thing I do love about how Lorne Michaels does the show is he makes his decisions and he sticks by them. And I think and he that's made it. I think he made the right one here. I love hearing Daryl Hammond's voice at the beginning of the show. Yeah. I mean, Don Pardo was a familiar voice. He made you settle in. There was some warmth to him, and I think it was very savvy to have Daryl Hammond, who has been on more episodes of the show than any other person oh is that right yeah so he's you know he's that familiar uh rich voice as well i think it was a it was a replacement that really hit the right sensibility that you need for that job i didn't really analyze it that much but i see what you're saying yeah i think that's i think that was uh lauren knows what he's doing often I, i would agree and i think people people need to stop being silly about stuff like this yeah. Well, announcers are very, announcers are tough, you know, in game shows a lot too. Like, yeah. uh, what about when Johnny Olson or Rod Roddy died and they had to yeah. find a new Price is Right announcer? I mean, oof, that was especially when Ron Roddy, Rod Roddy died and we had the internet by then. God, the furor over that announcer search. Crazy. Just I lo- crazy. I love George Gray. I was rooting for George Gray and he got the job. So a D, a regretful D for... Mulaney, and a C for SNL season 40. Yep, but I would like to say to Nassim, you hang in there, girl. All right. right. I hope she's listening. I do, too. And could you remind Collie West to get in touch with us? I will uh, will tweet Collie West right now. Well, I'll tweet Collie West after this goes up. Even better. Yes, I will get in touch with Collie West, our contest winner, so she can... What? I was going to make it until you made me laugh. I just, I know, but that could have just been like a sneeze or something. I'm sorry. But it wasn't. I could tell you where I heard that little glitch at the other end of the line, and I could tell you were laughing at me. Yes, I will get in touch with Collie West, our contest winner. We'll have another contest next time here on Mom on Pop. Mom, thank you, as always, for your time and your insights. Thank you, John. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another... uh, For Christ's sake. (laughs) What is it with me today? That's like the fifth time I've done it. (sighs) And we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Mom on Pop. So long for now.